You're listening to the Simple Pen Podcast. Pinterest for business advice that goes down smooth and easy. Here's your host, Kate All. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Simple Pin Podcast. I'm your host, Kate All. And today we're diving into episode 147. And this is not about Pinterest. It's all about how to overcome fear in your business. So if you were really hoping for some Pinterest tips, I encourage you to go back a couple episodes to the best Pinterest marketing practices in 2019. That's episode 143. You can find that at simplepinmedia.com slash 143. But I hope you'll stick around for this because one of the biggest things, biggest hurdles in business is fear. Whatever fear role, whatever it plays in your life, we're going to talk about that today. But it something holds us back and it's usually a fear of something, someone or relationships. I have my friend Ruth Sukup here, who is the owner of RuthSukup.com. It's also livingwellspendingless.com and Elite Blog Academy. She joined us back in episode 126, talking about how to change your blogging mindset. It's a really powerful episode that had a lot of people talking about how they were going to reevaluate their mindset and their time. Today, we're going to dive into her new project and her new book, Do It Scared. I was able to read an advanced copy of Ruth's book, and frankly, I wrestled with a little bit of it. As a person who deals with a fear of failure or a fear of getting it wrong, it gave me a little bit of pause, and there were points where it kind of frustrated me, and we talk about that in this episode today. However, after reading through Do It Scared and looking at the ways in which I can challenge those fears and really turn it into something positive, I was so inspired by ways in which that I can move past my fear. And I love this line in the book, and it says, we're not called to balance, we're called to purpose. Do It Scared doesn't mean you manage all the things, but whatever you put your efforts towards, it has purpose. So she talks about in the episode when the Do It Scared book will become something that you can purchase. There's an assessment too. We talk a lot about the assessment. We'll get to all of that at the end and the links and there's more in the show notes. So you can find those at simplepinmedia.com slash 147. With that, let's welcome Ruth to the Simple Pin Podcast. Hey Ruth, welcome back to the Simple Pin Podcast. Hey, Kate. Thanks so much for having me back. It's great to be here again. Yes, I am so excited that you're here to talk all about your new book and fear. And so many people loved the previous episode that we did together that I'm excited to take this kind of to the next level. You know, we talked about like mindset before and really moving into like overcoming fear in your business. Oh, my favorite topic. And they're so they're totally related too. So this is a it's a perfect segue. I will say we talked a lot in that episode about like the Colby, the quick startness versus my non quick startness and high follow through. And I think as I was reading through your book, um, I was thinking about that in my head a lot, which is like, how does that play into the fear steps that you take and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to dive into all that today because I have so many questions for you. But number one, I want you to tell me. I'm kind of nervous. No, they're so good. So, so, so good. Okay. So one of the first ones I would love to know is 
what even made you want to learn about like fear and the role of fear in people's lives? Like what really was the the biggest thing that you kind of went like, man, I want to go deep on this. Yeah, that's such a good question. So I have been, I, I, well, I feel like, first of all, it's a personal, personal quest because I've just had so much fear my entire life. There's so many times where I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. I'm scared. We probably talked a lot about that last time too, but do it scared has been my own mantra in my life for most of my adult life. You know, I went through this really terrible depression early in my early twenties and trying to fight my way back from that was, was, this was sort of my mantra. I like do it scared, do it scared, do it scared. You don't have to know everything. Just do this next step, do it scared, do it scared. And so after I started my company, then that became one of our core values. Um, it was our first core value because it was just such an intrinsic part of, of who I am and what I believe. But, you know, in my business, I talk a lot about productivity. I talk a lot about goals. I talk to a lot of bloggers about how to build your business. And over and over and over again, I would have people coming to me saying, you know, Ruth, you're talking about all these things. You're talking about creating these big goals and how to how to go after the things that you want, how to create a life you love. And I just feel like I'm stuck. I feel like I am sitting on the sidelines watching my life go by while everybody else is out there doing it and I'm not. And I've spent all this time taking care of my family, raising my kids, and now I've lost myself. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I want and I don't know how to get there. And I'm so scared. And it was weird because it was more than one person. It was a lot of people. I just kept hearing the same sort of things over and over and over again. And it really got me so curious about fear and just the role of fear in our lives and made me want to dig deeper into what is this fear that's holding us back? Does it look the same for everyone? Is it uni- is it completely universal? Is there a way to overcome it? And how do we do that if there is a way to c- overcome it? So I started asking questions and those questions sort of snowballed into this gigantic study that was way bigger than anything I could have ever imagined. We ended up surveying more than 4,000 people about the role of fear in their lives. And it was so much data that I ended up having to hire a whole team of researchers to help me sift through it all. So I hired a research team with psychologists um, who could weigh in and help make sense of it all. But what we discovered through all this research was that a, a few different things, but the, the biggest discovery was that fear, not all fear is created equal. And the way that it looks in our lives, the way that it manifests in our lives is very different for each person. And as you alluded to, we have these different fear archetypes. So what we found were seven distinct patterns of the way that fear shows up in our lives. And that's what we call the seven fear archetypes. Okay. So did you do the assessment first, like like studying the researcher stuff before you had the idea for the book? Or was this like, we're going to do this first and then go to the book? How did that kind of play out? Yeah, so we did the research first. First, we were just asking questions. And we asked in this survey, in this study, um, where we, we we surveyed more than 4,000 people, we asked a lot of open-ended questions. So it was questions like, talk about a time where you were afraid to do something, or you wanted to do something, you wanted, there was something big in your life that you wanted to do, but you let fear hold you back. What did that look like? How did you feel? How did that play out in your life? And then alternatively, 
Talk about a time where you were afraid to do something, but you pushed past that fear. What did that look like? How, what was the difference? What made the difference? How did you, how did you manage to move past that? So we asked questions like that and people told, I mean, stories, some just heartbreaking stories, but we also asked, you know, just basic questions like, what does fear look like in your in your life? What are you afraid of? What are you actually afraid of? And we gave, you know, multiple choice of all these different things to find out like, what was it that people were afraid of? And from there, that's when we developed the the beta version of our assessment, which um, was about a year and a half ago, I think, where we, we, you know, we took all this information and we started diving into it and then created this beta version of the assessment where we were then able to start testing the assessment (laughs) and digging deeper and doing follow-up questions to the people that we had surveyed originally. And then that's how we then eventually, after we did the beta version and we had enough, I think we had maybe 3,000 people go through the assessment and give, give us the beta results. We were then able to tweak it and refine it to the point where it is right now, where it is, I mean, it has been reviewed by psychologists and, 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 that you have to do something that's called like, um, I forget what it's called. See, I'm not, I'm a, I'm a three fact finder. Remember, <laughs> so yeah. I didn't do all the like data research <laughs> stuff, which is a good thing. I hired, I hired people yes. who were very high fact finder for that, right. but you have to ask the question in like a positive and negative way. And you have to ask it a mul- in a number of different ways to confirm the results. And then you also have to make sure that there's no bias in any of the questions. So we had, all of that reviewed multiple times by multiple different people to make sure it was all like very scientifically valid and all of that stuff. So it's, it's pretty legit. This whole um, assessment thing, like this was not a small, this was not a small undertaking. It kind of, <laughs> I talk about like doing it scared in your business and like investing in things that you just, I like, I couldn't really t- like tell you. And I, even now at this point, I can't tell you like, this was the best business decision I ever made because I am not at that point yet. I don't know if it was, but I feel like from a humanity standpoint, the ability to help people, um, overcome fear in their lives and to get unstuck is just like, it's something that I just felt so called to do. And so just passionate about it, about it, that I couldn't imagine doing anything else. So it sort of snowballed into this huge thing. Um, but that's where the book comes comes in too. It talks about the seven archetypes, but then not just that because that's the first part of the book. It's talking about then what you, what do you do with this, and that's the really important piece because figuring out your fear archetype or identifying your fear archetype is super important. It's super valuable, and we're going to talk about yours in just a second. And uh, but it's kind of like going to the doctor, right? So if you don't feel good and you go to the doctor, what is the first thing the doctor has to do? He has to diagnose you. But then that's when you can get the cure because you can't have a cure without a diagnosis. It's it's not that that's the end of the treatment. You don't just go to the doctor and have them say, yep, you've got the flu and then do nothing. You then have to do the work of, of actually curing whatever it is. And so that's where that part two and part three of the book come in. I, I, there's, there's so many things I want to extract out of that. And I also want to go down mine as well. So there's so many different things, but one of the things that I value that you said, and I think you gave us a behind the scenes of what we don't see of like all these personality tests, like the Colby and the Enneagram and all these things is that they're so heavily evaluated to really get the right information. It's not just a, you slap up a quiz and call it good. 
This is not a Disney princess quiz. No, not at all. <laughs> or a Facebook quiz or no. whatever you want to call it. And even as I was taking it, and we'll put the link in the show notes too for you guys to all take the assessment. I think it was very interesting. I know for me, when I take them, I tend to land in the middle of most things. I'm not super extreme when it comes to how I feel about something, but I appreciate that it drew out, even with my stay in the middle, it drew out exactly what I was. And then you get to dive deep. Like you said, we can have this information. I can, you know, in the over the years, people take Myers-Briggs and all these other things. You can have it all, but what you actually do with it is where the impact's going to be made, especially in business, especially in real life. And I think you said it as you're unfolding this book and going through this launch, you're even coming up against your fears, your deep fears, right? Oh, totally. Yes. Oh my goodness. So much. I mean, it is, it's terrifying anytime you put something new out into the world. I don't think, I don't know that that fear ever totally goes away. And especially something like this, where it feels so personal, but also where we've invested so heavily as a, as a business into it, you know, it's, we've been doing two years of paying researchers and developing this assessment and, and, and trying to make this as amazing and helpful as possible. And now it's sort of all coming to a head and I'm like in the midst of book panic of like, oh my gosh, what if, what's going to happen? Because you just don't know. And it's, and it's, so it's a little, it feels, it does feel a little bit ironic uh, given that the title of the book is do it scared. Well, it shows that you're human though. Like you're not, you're not like, Hey guys, I've totally mastered this. I'm good. But that you, we all still bump up against this and we have to push past it. And that's the difficult piece of it. So I'd love for you to touch on the seven fear archetypes. And then I'd love for you just to talk about yours. And then we'll talk about what I came up with. Okay. So the quick rundown. I'm getting, I'm getting good at like trying to be, trying to be quick with it. So archetype, <laughs> archetype number one is the procrastinator, which is also known as the per- perfectionist. And the, for the procrastinator, their deepest fear is the fear of making a mistake. So often the procrastinator slash perfectionist will be caught in this analysis p- paralysis, not wanting to move forward because they are so terrified of making a mistake. That's the most common of all the fear archetypes. The second most common fear archetype is the rule follower, which I believe that's yours. And the rule follower suffers from an unhealthy fear of authority. And there's just, there's a real nervousness or apprehension about coloring outside the lines or doing anything that is perceived to be not allowed. There's almost this like sort of sense that somebody somewhere is going to get mad at you for doing, doing something wrong or not following the rules exactly the way that they're supposed to be done. So that's the rule follower. Then there is the people pleaser, which is our third most common archetype. And the people pleaser has the fear of being judged or the fear of what other people will think. So for the people in the a good way to look at this is so for the procrastinator, their deepest fear is making a mistake. But for the people pleaser, they don't want to make a mistake, but it's because they're afraid of what other people will say about the mistake, not because they're afraid of the mistake itself. So it's a really important distinction to make. So people pleasers tend to be people who think a lot about what other people are saying, talking about, doing, um, and thinking about them. People pleasers often think that people are 
looking at them or judging them. They're really nervous about looking silly or stupid. And a, a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times people pleasers can be overly concerned with their the, their appearance or keep their house, how their house looks, whatever, whatever in their social circle is a big deal. Like the thing that you need to do to fit in the people pleaser is like right there, right there with that wanting to fit in. Um, the next one is the outcast. And the outcast is actually the most ironic of all of the fear archetypes because the outcast sort of on the outside appears to be almost fearless. They're the, <laughs> but what they fear most of all is the fear of rejection. They have the fear of rejection. And so the way that that often plays out for the outcast is that because they fear rejection so much, they will reject other people preemptive. They'll do like a preemptive strike and reject people before they can be rejected. So it's almost this attitude like, I don't care about you. I don't need you. Um, and really wanting to prove themselves. A lot of entrepreneurs actually are outcasts. So that one shows up like more highly if you're in an entrepreneur, if we're testing out entrepreneurs. Um, the fifth one is the self-doubter. The self-doubter has a fear of not being capable. And so that shows up as just really, just a a real lack of confidence and self-esteem and just this idea that they're not enough. And for the self-doubter, there's so much negative self-talk that goes on inside their head, so much self-criticism that happens. But the way that sometimes manifests, um, and we can probably all think of people in our life that are like this, but it's a lot of like hyper-criticism towards themselves and towards other people as well. So people in their lives, they tend to be hypercritical. So if you've ever had a friend or a family member who just feels like they're always nitpicking every single thing, chances are good that they have a high self-doubter score. Then the next one is the excuse maker slash blame shifter. And the excuse maker is someone who is very afraid of being blamed or being held responsible for things. So the blame shifter is the per, is the friend or the, the excuse maker is the friend who never wants to be the one who picks the place you go to eat because they don't want to be blamed if the restaurant's no Then they can come back and say, see, I told yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. They're the ones that always seem to have, they're like a little bit slippery sometimes. They always have an excuse for everything. They like can rationalize everything. They never, you can never quite pin them down. Um, we probably all know somebody like that also. And then the final one is the pessimist. And the pessimist is um, the someone who fe- most fears pain or adversity. And for the pessimist, that often comes from a place of having experienced a lot of pain or adversity in their life. So either um, they've had a lot of trauma or hardship or just something bad happened to them, some incident that happened, but they kind of get to a place where they say, why, why should I even bother doing anything? It's not, it's never going to turn out. Like it's life's not fair. They have kind of that attitude that everybody's against them and um, they can get really stuck into that victim, that victim role. So those are, those are the uh, seven archetypes in a nutshell. Did I do good on my, that was a good nutshell. Yeah. You were powering through. I was kind of like, okay, I thought like, I have a little bit of cut. Well, I don't have like, I'm not a blame shifter. I can like specifically call that out, but um, what, what are you like? What's your top one and your, What's your number two? My top one is, so this is interesting. Um, My very top one is Outcast by far. It's like, I'm like 90% on Outcast. And then my rest of mine are real low. Um, 
But my second one after Outcast is People Pleaser. Interesting. Okay. Were you surprised with your results? No. Okay. I mean, not when I got not when when I got them. I was not surprised, but I, what's been so interesting about doing this work is over, especially over the past year is realizing how much, how much of an outcast I am and how much that's, that has held me back in my business without me realizing it. So, so when I was talking about how you need to have the diagnosis before you can have the cure, it's so important because so much of this stuff happens in our heads subconsciously and we don't realize it. We don't, we, we, we just feel it or we perceive it. We, we feel it as fear, but we haven't identified what that fear is. And so because we don't know that it's any different than the way anybody else feels in life, that we just assume that it's true. Like the way that we're feeling is the way everybody feels. And when you can actually pinpoint it and go, oh, now I see how those patterns are playing out in my life again and again and again. And for me, the fear of rejection means that the way I have always run my business is a, I don't need you. I'm going to do it myself. I'm not, I don't want to be, uh, you know, a partners with anybody or be try to reach out to brands or pitch myself to media or do any of those things that would require me to ask somebody else for help. I have always shied away from those things to the point where I think it's to my detriment. You know, like I go, I look back and I think, man, where could my business be if I was willing to ask for help? And and now I've made a conscious effort in my life and my business to to push past that because now I can see it happening. Hmm. Do you feel like too that um, once you realized it, was it a pretty quick switch for you? Like, you know, were you able to put action steps in place, I guess, or actively tell yourself, I'm going to push myself out of this or even catch yourself. Like you want to go into rejection and you're like, oh, I, like I'm going to call that back. Have you had to, I guess it's flexing a muscle, right? Yes. And I thought that I was doing a better job of dealing with it, but I got called out. I talked about this a little bit on my on my podcast, I think last maybe last week was it? I don't know, with Susie with Susie Moore, who's in my truth club. She was on she was on episode fifty two, I think. Um, but she so we were I was with them. I have these four four well, three three gals that I meet with. Um, every couple of months, they're like my little peer mastermind group. We call, I call them my truth club, Susie Gree and Laura. And we've been talking about this stuff, you know, for a year cause they, they got to do the beta assessment and, and we've, you know, this is, we talk about, we talk about it a lot. And I thought that I had been doing a good job of overcoming stuff, but oh my goodness, they called me out so hard the last time we were together because we had been talking about media and PR and I got very tense. Like they were saying, you need, you know, you need to reach out to so and so people and you need to do this because Susie, her gift, like her gift is PR and she's really great at it. She's giving me all these tips. And I was getting more and more agitated to the point where I was like, we were in meeting in my hotel room and I was standing up close to the door. I kept getting closer to the door with my arms crossed. Like all of my body language was like, get away from me. I am rejecting you all right now. I do not want to hear this feedback. I mean, there was yelling. It was intense. And um, what it was and what they told me is you are making this too hard. It can be easy. You are making this too hard. You, you're so afraid of being rejected that you are doing stupid things in your business and you need to stop it or you are going to hold yourself back. And they let me have it. And oh my gosh, hard truths to hear. But then what they did is they challenged me. (laughs) 
This is so funny because it seems so silly now. And if you're listening right now and you're like, I don't even see why this is a big deal. Like when I tell you the challenge that I had, because for some people it would seem like nothing, but for me, it was like, they might as well have told me to like walk a tightrope across like the Niagara Falls or something like so terrifying, right? This, they said, you need to pitch in the next 24 hours, you need to pitch 20 people big people that you know are probably going to reject you. You need to reach out to them personally and ask, like, give an ask, like, say, you know, I'd love to have you on my podcast or could I be on your podcast or can I be on your show or whatever it was, like, whatever the pitch was. And they gave me a list. Like, they actually, they wow. weren't going to even leave it to me. Like, they started brainstorming ideas. because yeah, they're they like, they will never come up with a list. <laughs> they hand me this list and it was like people, I'm like, I can't reach out to that person. And, um, but I did it and they were like, if you can reach out to those 20 people and see that it's okay, like, it doesn't kill you to be rejected. If even if like whatever happens, you're going to be fine. It's going to cure you. And I did it not thinking that I would be able to do it. And I, and I did it. And honestly, like it has been a night and day difference. It is crazy for me. Like that was the, that the catalyst and the turning point for me, because I now like dream about pitching people and asking people for help. <laughs> like it's like How many people said thing. yes of that list? Well, it's, that's funny too. Like a lot, most people said no, but I think like two or three people said yes. So, I mean, that was two or three people that more than I had before. You thought everybody yeah. was going to reject you, but you got the two to three. Yeah. Yeah. 10%. So <sighs> talk about action items. Yeah. Crazy. That, that is a truth club. No, it was real intense, but that was, the, that's what they're there for. It's important to have, it's important to have people like that in your life that will cheer you on. Like they could not be more supportive. I mean, they're even now, like in the midst of all this book launch stuff, they're so like, what can I do to help? How, wh- how are you? Like, how are you holding up? They're so encouraging. And yet at the same time, when I needed it, like they were there to kick my butt. And if you can find people like that, even just one person like that in your life, oh, it is it is a game changer. Yeah. And that's what grows your business, right? Because the fear was holding you back. And think about if they had not asked you to do that, where you would be even in the midst of this book launch, like that peeled off a huge layer for you of just that fear. Yes. Yeah. I know because for then it has motivated me because that was happened in February. And so it has totally motivated me to just be more forthcoming about, okay, who can I reach out to? Who do I know? What do I, you know? And in my previous books, I never would. I would never ask for help from anyone, even my friends, because I felt so like afraid because there was one person that I did ask for my first book. There was one person, I'm not going to tell you who it was, but there was one person I asked to write the foreword and she said, no, it was a person who was a really up until that point was a really close friend of mine. And I was so hurt. And like, because that for me was the worst thing that could have ever happened. Like to ask somebody to make an ask and then to be rejected. It was like, devastating. And after that, I was like, nope, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to ask for help. Every time I've written a book, my publishers wanted me to have somebody write a forward. I'm like, nope, sorry, not going to ask anybody. I, um, yeah, it's, it's just 
those things, you know, and so, but once you know, once you know where your fear is at, then you can know how to overcome it. And I don't think had I not done this work or written this book, I mean, maybe this is just like therapy for myself (laughs) and it's worth it from that standpoint. It's really expensive therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That was like expensive assessment and therapy. (laughs) But I think the piece for you is like, it's almost, and I've seen a lot of people do this, that like when that thing happened where your friend said no about the forward, we almost create a vow in those moments where we say, I commit to this. And then it took your friends in these moments who loved you that it wasn't even this element of like just overcoming your fear of rejection. But like in that moment, what I see too is the acceptance of friends who are going to walk with you. And I think those are, there's two significant things in that the friends and the overcoming the fear and all of that combined is just a good gift to pull back that vow and say, that doesn't hold any power over me anymore. Like this is now the thing going forward. I love that. It's amazing. So good. So let's talk about your rule follower fear. So what are what were your big insights from from this? I want to I want to hear about it. Yeah. So I think one of the things. So first, I'll say as I was reading the book that you have in the beginning, you're talking about when you bump into this guy in the bu- the buffet line at the hotel. It, wasn't it at a hotel or something? I can't remember. Anyway. Okay, so he, you were talking about goals and he was like, you can't set any big goals unless you're, they're realistic, like you can reach them. And you were like, I was so mad. I was just all these things. And I was like, I kind of identify with the guy in line because that is totally me. Like I'm not, and it got me thinking a lot about like, okay, how do I view this? How do, and goal setting's hard for me in general. And I thought about you and I thought about how do I tap into this? And I wrestled with that, honestly, like what's so bad about being realistic? Like I was kind of like this frustrated moment, but I think what I realized is that, um, maybe it's to my rule followerness, which was number one for me. And procrastinator was number two, which I thought was interesting. Cause I, I don't see myself as a perfectionist procrastinator person, But as I'll explain to you in the story that kind of highlighted all of this, I realized like I need a plan or a rule to get there. So if I, so if I just make up a number, like we're going to grow to $3 million, it doesn't resonate with me. Like I can't dream into it. But if you go, well, I'm actually going to help you figure out a plan to get there. I go, I'm on board. Right. So I realized it was just that little switch for me that it's the step A to Z I can't see the in-between and that's my high fact finder follow throughness going, but if you give me a plan, I'll go for it. Right. And then you'll follow through. That's actually so funny. So a couple things about that, um, you know, Rosemary, Rosemary Groner and Tasha Agruso, they are both um, from Elite Blog Academy. They are both role followers. And what I have found actually within like people, because I've had a lot of people take the assessment now. And what I have found is that for EBA students, the ones who are the rule followers are actually some of our most successful students. Many of our most successful are rule followers because they love the framework. They love having a step-by-step-by-step-by-step process to follow. And they get super irritated with people who do not follow all the steps. But you're the same way. I'm totally the same way. Like if you give me, that's what another thing I realized is I'm really good with a coach because if somebody gives me a path in a two week increments to get there, I'll crush it every time. And I will to my detriment sometimes. So 
I used to think before I took the Colby, I actually used to think that I, there was something wrong with my, like I was too tenacious. Like I just couldn't stop something. And now I realize, well, it's actually a good gift. I just need to know when to kind of turn that off and kind of pull back a little bit and go, it's okay if it's not done. Right. Well, that's a thing with all of these, these personality assessments, like they're all tools, right? So they all give us insight into ourselves, and all in a different area. And I think they all work together really well. But when you can sort of understand yourself and what works for you and what motivates you and what demotivates you, then you also know how to put the safeguards in place to, to get yourself there. So for you, having a coach give you a very, and that's like one of the techniques that I recommend in the book. And just like for a procrastinator, what I recommend is like have somebody in your life who will give you a hard deadline that you know you have to follow, follow through on and that you can't, you, you can't put things off indefinitely. And so the same thing for rule follower, if you have a framework to follow that will get you, but, but the other part of that is also understanding, okay, I am a rule follower. So I do have a tendency to accept things at face value So I need to be more conscious about questioning things and knowing like where the source is coming from and using my my own critical thinking skills to say, is this true or is this not true? Which is something I talk about in my rules are for suckers chapter. (laughs) But it's so true because if you're not aware of it, if you just naturally accept things at face value, you're, there are going to be times where you make decisions that aren't great because you're just taking what's, and I see that happen. I'm sure you see this happen all the time in the blogging and online world where people will be in a Facebook group and somebody who, who appears to be very authoritative authoritative, you know, they, they are very confident in whatever it is, whatever they're spouting off, they're very confident. And they're like, this is what you should be doing. And usually they're, they're like a high rule follower too. (laughs) But oh my gosh, this is what you're supposed to be doing. And this is what everybody needs to be doing. And if you don't do this, you're going to be in trouble. And there will all the rule followers in the group will be like, oh my gosh, there's a rule. I'm not following it. I need to get on board. And if you don't have the discernment to say, wait a minute, let me find out, first of all, who is this person? What sort of results are they seeing in their life? Is this actually a rule or has somebody decided that this is a rule? And if you're not asking those questions, you can get yourself into trouble. Uh, totally. And I will say, I, we see this in the Pinterest realm all the time. But one of the things that um, I feel like has naturally like come to the surface for me is to be that person, to critically analyze and go, okay, you don't need a rule. You're totally fine. You can kind of feel your way through this and that's okay. So it's almost like I'm self-talking to myself, but talking to everybody else. And one of the one of the really interesting things that I think as I looked at the, the negative traits, like it says, you know, you get nervous about doing something others, something other than the way it's supposed to be done. And I realized that for me, that manifests itself in um, getting it right. Like, am I getting it right? And kind of like making sure that everybody else is perceiving it that way. And this year has been uh, the last four or five months. It's surfaced in weird ways, especially right before I I spoke at Social Media Marketing World. And it was really tense right before. And I was like, why? I've spoken lots of times, right? And the audience was even bigger than, or it was, wasn't was bigger, but it was, you know, I don't know, it was like 250 or something like that. And I spoke in front of Activate, and it was like 500. And that was more comfortable for me. Like, I didn't bump up against it. Anyway, this one, I was there and I was kind of uncomfortable. And I had two friends that were sitting in the audience and they were like, you didn't smile. 
Like you didn't, there was no expression. And I, that was hard to hear. And then I got done and an hour later I'm processing through and I was like, I'm more concerned about getting it right than I am about helping them and serving them. And that has to change because... Because you were thinking there are people here who are going to notice if I do something wrong. If I get the if I get one of the rules wrong, yep. they're going to notice. Totally. Mm-hmm. Or if like I mess up on my words or I do all of these other things, they're going to call that out. And what's very interesting is I a dream of mine has been to give a keynote. And um, somebody had asked me to, after they listened to me actually on your podcast, to give the keynote at their event. And it was like, dream, right? Amazing. The, actually, the topic of the keynote is like daring to fail. And so all these lessons, I feel like I'm like a walking, like build the keynote. But all these lessons were coming up to the surface about when I had made these vows to say, I won't fail. Like, I, I won't. And I remember telling my husband that like, failing's not an option. And that's really hard for a high follow through because you will yourself into not failing because that's your worst fear is failure. And so all this has kind of come together. And it's really funny at the same time that I'm giving this talk in like a month or something. So which is amazing. Yeah, it's really I would say it's like you being with your truth club, me getting up on stage again with a different mind for it's scary. Like, and somebody had even challenged me, like, what if you got up on stage and you didn't even know what you're going to talk about, but your whole goal was to serve the audience. I was like, that's tough. And it's what you do. And it's actually what you do every single day. And when you, when you frame it in that context of like, I just have to get out there and serve the people, then that's, it's amazing how that works. Yeah. I know you, you got this. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be fine. It'll be, but I'm realizing though, even as I practice for it, like having to kind of come back in that place of going, it's not about you. And that was a big one too, is I think even looking at some of the, some of the ones that you were reading through here, the shift goes back to ourselves, right? And even with people rejected you when you reached out to them, it's really not about you. Like, right. It's about their plan and their business. They're saying no, not to you, but to like, well, this just doesn't work. But people said yes to you because it did work. Right. Right. And that's where I've had to start to like really tell myself that over and over again. This is not a personal rejection of you. This is a rejection of the timing, the idea, whatever, whatever it is, it does not reflect on you. Whatever they have going on doesn't mean that that's, there's something wrong with you. And it's hard. And w- and if that's not your, your big fear, if that doesn't, that doesn't resonate with you, then there's definitely something something else that is like for me, the fear of making a mistake doesn't necessarily resonate with me. Like I make a lot of mistakes and I don't like them, but that's not like, that's not the thing that induces panic for me. So we all have, and that's why I think fear is so interesting because we all have something, some, some, for some of us, it's more than one thing, but we all have a certain way that it's coming out in our lives. And, and for all, but for all of us, it holds us back in some way, unless we can figure out a way to push past it and, and overcome it. Yeah. And then have freedom, right? Like that's when we really get to use our creativity and our skills. And now you get to go into this book launch and there's three more people now you're connecting with that you wouldn't have connected with before. 
which is so great. And now you're dreaming about pitching people left and right, which is awesome. I know. I had a dream about Reese Witherspoon. I, I, I ran into her at the grocery store and I was like, Reese, can I be on your book club? <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, that's a dream. Yeah, it's just a dream. Though. But I love it. Well, maybe Someday. you never know. Put it out there. She might find it. Um, <laughs> hey, Reese, if you're listening. Yes, to the Simple Food Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> book club for sure um hey, so she could be really into she could for draper james like her really cute clothing yeah. line. that's very that's mm-hmm. very true dream big <laughs> um so tell me about like tell me about the book launch when we can buy it where we can buy it and anything else you want to know about it because i'm sure as people have listened to us talk they're jacked up to read they- it well let me just say that i'm assuming that most people who listen to this podcast or listening because they have a business or something that they want to promote or they're out there doing this online thing or (laughs) whatever it is. And so like, if there's anybody that needs this book, it is people who are working to create a business or do do big things in in your life to get a message out there to be become an entrepreneur to start your business, whatever it is, because there's so much fear involved in that. I mean, I Honestly, it doesn't ever fully go away. Hence the name, Do It Scared. The fear is still there. You're still going to feel it sometimes, but you have to be willing to take action despite your fear. So like there could not be a more relevant book, honestly. And I think that, I hope that it has the potential to change a lot of lives and to give so much hope and encouragement to anybody who's out there trying to make a business work and trying to make it work. Um, so with that said, uh, the book uh, releases um, everywhere on May 21st. And yeah, so it's coming up very soon. And we have some amazing book bonuses that you can take advantage of. So if you go to the website, you can purchase the book anywhere. Um, it, Amazon, Target, Barnes and Noble, wherever books are sold. And it's I think it's available everywhere. Um you just search for Do It Scared. And um, you, then you can go to our website, doitscared.com. And we have some amazing bonuses, including the premium assessment upgrade that we talked about. So you can take the assessment for free, but you only get your top archetype. Um, but then if you want to have the full assessment report where it shows you how you score on all of them, it shows you your top three, and then how they all interact together. It's a really, really insightful report. Yeah, it's it is. We've had so many people just be blown away by 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 this report and go, Oh my gosh, this nailed me. I've never had something just nail me as like accurately as this. Um, so you can get that for free. That's normally $15. And then we have a free trial membership to our um, members only community, which is called Doing It Scared, which is just an amazing place. If you are looking for your own truth club for accountability and encouragement, you can try it out, which is in the, we have, oh my gosh, the, that it's only been open for about a month now. And the results that people have been having in that group already are just insane. It's been really fun to watch. And then the final thing, we have a workbook that goes along with the book also. So you get all those bonuses um, once and you can purchase the book anywhere. So just go to Do It Scared and then fill out the form and we'll send them all to you. And and that's all you need to know. Doitscared.com. I'm going to be the first in Target <laughs> taking a picture for you. I'll post it on Instagram. Are you? Then, yeah. Oh, I'll go to Target. Thank you. Line that yeah, up. Yeah, I like to go to Target too. So yeah, you, the thing is they'll do like the secret <laughs> signing. 
That's what I want to see you do, Ruth, is secret oh, signing. You know, somebody somebody yesterday was telling me about that. I'm all about the secret signing. I'm going to do yeah, it. Yeah, all over South Florida. It's going to be awesome. Well, I'm so excited about this. And everybody can go to the show notes. Um, it's simplepinmedia.com slash 147. We'll have the assessment. We'll have the link to the book. We'll have everything there. And we would love for you to comment on this blog post too. Again, simplepinmedia.com slash 147. After you take the assessment, comment and let us know what you are. I would love to know. I would love my rule followers to join with me because <laughs> I know you're out there. Outcast, night, outcast, <laughs> yes, outcast. Which that was—it's interesting. We have the like. I was outcast was last for me. Um, really? It was, yeah. So funny that we're friends. I know it's because we're both so awesome. Yes, I, I guess that must be it. <laughs> yes. See, you can succeed no matter what what fear that's right. you are. That's right, exactly. <laughs> well, I just appreciate like your willingness to step into this place to do something hard and really big and invest. And I am just excited to watch and cheer you on from the sidelines, just seeing you dream into this and just really um, just make this big step because I think it'll make a lot of people's lives better. And I just can't wait to see what happens after May 21st and all the stuff, love that's going to pour in. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you, Thanks so friends. much again for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time just to share all this and excited just to see how it impacts people's lives. Thanks. And you're welcome. And me too. All righty. That was an episode packed full of conversation around fear and what things hold us back. And I would love to hear from you what it is you took away from this episode. If you go to simplepinmedia.com slash 147, you'll find a blog post there with all the links and the show notes. But I'd love for you to comment and tell us what result you got on the assessment and what it is you took away from it and how you could take steps to moving forward to overcoming fear in your business. So again, go to simplepinmedia.com slash 147. And thanks so much for listening to the Simple Pin Podcast. We'll see you next week.